This is your other brother's podcast. Welcome, friends, to your other brother's podcast, navigating faith, homosexuality, and masculinity together. I'm your host, Tom, and back with me is my dear friend, Ryan. What's up, Ryan? Hey, Tom. Hey, everyone. And this is really, really special. This is an honor, y'all. Joining us from the desert of New Mexico is our other brother, Matt. What's up, Matt? What up? Welcome, you guys. This is episode 41, and we're talking about side B today. Cool. <laughs> I hope you tell us what that is. <laughs> I know. I'm like, half of our audience is probably like, what? What is that? I know what pornography is. I know what masturbation is, but what is side B? We're going to you know, talk about that, and we're going to talk about why we are side B. So yeah. I told my sister what this podcast was going to be about, and I asked her, are you familiar with side A and side B? And she said, yes. And so I started talking about it and she said, wait, wait, wait. So you're not talking about like record sides. Um, (laughs) Exactly. So yeah, we're not talking about record sides. We're talking about vinyls today and record players. We'll we'll explain what we're talking about in just a little bit, but it's not record sides. (laughs) We're taking it old school in this episode today. So Matt, this is your first podcast in a while. Remind the listeners when last you were with us. Do you even remember? Do I even remember? Actually, I'm trying to remember at this moment. Yeah, I remember. I don't know about you, but yeah, the, the was... last the last one was uh, the Temptation podcast, and oh. yeah, it was with uh, you, um, with Elliot, and then also with me. And I believe Bradley might have been in there. I'm not too sure about that one, but it was a good. Uh, yeah, it was a good uh, discussion. We had a uh, pretty in-depth of what was temptation, like kind of, and just the odds and ends of it. And it was good. I, I enjoyed uh, putting my voice into that um, dialogue. And then Matthew, you have the esteemed honor of being on one of our most downloaded podcasts that we've ever done on gay sex and hookups. So you can hang your hat high. <laughs> and you have lots of hats as a trendy New Mexico Navajo resident. Yeah, uh, it's mostly because it just matches with my outfit, which <laughs> one of these days uh, we will have to do a fashion podcast. We do. We yeah, we talked or you guys talked about this and I commented it's like, "Hey, you're going to put me on there whether you like it or not." Cuz uh-huh, I'm just better uh-huh. than the rest of the guys here, so. Ryan, you've met Matthew. Would you agree? Do you think Matthew has good style? I think so. I think I think Matthew can rock a hat. Sorry. He can. He can rock a hat. Just a hat. Matthew, what do you think about Ryan's style? It's all right. <laughs> really? I think it's better than all right. I think Ryan has good style. Well, he does, but it's just because his hair matches with his outfit. So that's that's what pulls uh, puts pulls it together. You know, I don't know where I'd be without my hair. Your hair is a winning attribute. My crowning glory. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, really as, as uh, SpongeBob glory. said, you could be bald and have a big nose. So, mm. why well, is that what he said? <laughs> I mean, if you ever watch SpongeBob, so I have not. I have yeah, I've stayed away. 
but we'll steer clear of this conversation because I know this is a sore subject for many, many people. Um, but Matthew, tell us, so you're in the desert of New Mexico right now. I'm picturing you in a sand dune right now as roadrunners race around you in circles, chasing coyotes. No, being chased by coyotes. And um, I'm curious what you're wearing. Do you want to paint a picture for, for the listener? What are you wearing at this desertous park in New Mexico? Um, khakis. Ooh, what else? A red shirt because I work at State Farm. I'm just kidding. No, I don't. <laughs> or Target. <laughs> or at Target, there's that too. No. Uh, okay, so what I'm wearing is, uh, let me see, start from head to toe. I'm wearing my uh, New York Yankees hat. So there's that. You love and that. Then, yeah, well, it's just kind of a statement of I want to visit Have New York City. Have you seen a single Yankees game in your life? No, it's, I, again, I was, dude, you just interrupted me. What the? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so why I wear it is because it's kind of a statement of I want to visit New York City one of mm-hmm. these days. So that's the reason why I wear it. It's just for fashion statement, and that's mm-hmm. it. Next, uh, going down, of course, is my glasses. And then going down further, I have a white long uh, T-shirt, long sleeve T-shirt. And underneath it is kind of like a uh, um, a gray um, tank top. So it's kind of underneath it. And, of course, uh, black skinny jeans with my white Converse uh, shoes. And that's basically my outfit. Okay, so hold on. Ho- hold on. You're wearing a white T-shirt with a gray tank top underneath which is probably very visible through through it right no you could see it you can't see it through it no matthew's shirts are pretty thick are they thick shirts it's not like a walmart t-shirt yeah i'm not that poor (laughs) yeah no slutty shirts for matthew (laughs) okay okay i was trying to see the picture okay and why are you wearing the tank top underneath is it just cold or is it affirming to you to wear something underneath or what no, it's just Walking basically through. no. Okay, so it, it's basically a trend. Uh, if um, anybody has seen like quote unquote hipster style or the um, what was it called again? Like kind of like uh, outfits of of today. Uh, there's many people who wear like a long either wear two two shirts or like a tank top underneath and then a shirt over it. So it's kind of like uh, it's like a fashion statement. So mm. saying I'm better than you guys. So wait, but can you? Can you see the tank top? Uh, if like, if it's long enough, yeah. I mean, you can definitely see it, but uh, it's just like at the bottom of the uh, t-shirt on top. Oh, so it goes down below the shirt. Yeah. Oh. So you look like Hey Arnold. <laughs> A little bit. Hey Arnold has his little shirt hanging out at the bottom, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. I have a picture. I have a picture of it. All right. We'll roll with it. I trust your judgment, Matthew. This has been Yob Fashion. Yeah, this is Yob Fashion for you. So Yeah. I'd like someone out there to duplicate Matthew's outfit as he's described. To take a picture and send it to Tom at yourotherbrothers.com. Listener contest. Listener contest. Ooh. And I've got things to give away. That might come later. Not today. But I do have things coming in the mail that'll make for great giveaways coming soon. Well, it's good to be talking to you again, Matthew. Matthew, we just saw each other fairly recently at our annual authors retreat, huh? Yeah. Uh, You've been I, to most I, of those. Yeah. Uh, 
let me see. I didn't go to the very first retreat that we Yeah, you missed ever the did. first one, which really was the best one. So unfortunately, you missed Yeah, I yeah, I, I say the second one was better because <laughs> that was the first time I saw I met most of uh-huh. the authors here. So it was good. And the second retreat was where you got me into longboarding. I might have talked about that on the podcast at some point. Yeah, I think you you have. Um, but yeah, I introduced you to longboarding and you enjoyed it. And surprisingly, um, I don't know if the uh, listeners uh, know this, but you have your own longboard. I do. I had another friend who discovered that I liked longboarding, and he sent me one in the mail for free. I forget if I brought that up on the podcast at some point. At this point, I have no idea what I've shared on the podcast. It all just runs together. So maybe I did, maybe I didn't. But Yeah, if it's uh, new information, ta-da, it's new. <laughs> now you know. If not, Otherwise, this is a recap. It's one of those things where I've either shared it eight times or zero. It's, and so if I've shared it multiple times, I apologize, listeners. Well, we might have listeners who are just joining us now. So That's true. Now you know. That's true. I am Tom, a longboarder. And Matthew, I'm pretty good, right? <laughs> no. Matthew, I'm decent. I'm not awful. You're decent? Okay, you're you're an I'm okay not a professional. Yeah, you well, none of us are, so but you're you're getting there. You just need more practice. Once you figure out how to stop, Tom, you'll be well, I was about to say unstoppable, but <laughs> I'll be the exact opposite. I'll be stoppable. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I struggle with stopping, especially if it's downhill. Like, I'm fine stopping if it's fairly level ground. But as soon as I hit an incline that going down, I can go, like, three seconds before I feel my life flashing before my eyes. But anyway, Matthew, um, yeah, this is I, I think this is an interesting time for you to be on the podcast because there's been nothing... Nothing new or dramatic or exciting with you on our site recently, right? Like, just been kind of same old, same old, right? Right, Matthew? I would agree with you, but I know that's a lie. (laughs) Do you want to take this opportunity to address the entire Yob universe knowing that what you can say will be used against you? Yeah, put this to bed once and for all. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, what are we talking about again? Uh... (laughs) Uh, are we talking about like a blog that I posted? You wrote like a blog. A yeah, yeah, yeah. You wrote a blog. Like I don't know. As of this recording, it's been I don't know two months, a month and a half, something like that. Oh yeah, that's right. I, Wait, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just erase that from your memory. What? Uh, yeah, you had a challenge for our our job readers, and so I'm curious. Just like okay, like it's been a little while since that posting. There's there's some feedback from it, and I'm curious, just like where you're at now. Um, let me see. I mean, the post is up there, basically a challenge to everybody. My views are still the same, and uh, my views on challenging the yobbers, um, I still believe what I wrote. Uh, if anybody disagrees, um, they can disagree. That's okay. Um, but it's still going to be up there for a very long time. <laughs> Matthew will make sure of it. And I wanted to say, and we'll have a link to it, in this episode, if you have no idea what we're talking about and don't thoroughly keep up with your other brothers. But I did want to say that Matthew, you're actually an incredibly sweet young man and you give amazing hugs and you're so sweet and nice. (laughs) And I want the listeners to know that, (laughs) that you're really great. And you're a great like church going citizen and yeah, (laughs) everything about you and you dress well and you longboard. I'm trying to paint you as this, like, beautiful man. You're the most church-going person I've met, I think. Oh, absolutely. 
Yeah. No one comes close. Not that going to church saves you, but yeah, I digress. Be clear about that. <laughs> well, I'm curious now that we're all back from the retreat. Like Ryan and I talked on the last episode about the retreat, and we got to share about what was happening and some of our favorite moments. And Matthew, you weren't on that episode, but I'm curious though what your I don't know what was like maybe a standout moment for you from the retreat. Any favorite moments? Uh, yeah, so I guess my favorite part would be uh, me not being on the podcast and also the rest of the authors. So, Tom, what's up? What, what was up with that? Um, yes, I'm glad you brought this up because, okay, where we recorded, the only room that made sense to record in by my account was this closet. And there's no way. I mean, it was hard enough fitting three people in that closet. So fitting a fourth person would have been crazy. And I kind of like the size of three for a podcast. Like four kind of starts to feel a little crowded in the room, if you know what I mean. So it's no offense to you, Matthew. And I knew, Matthew, that I wanted to have you on a new episode soon anyway, because it's been a while. And I wanted to have... This basically gives you more attention, right? Yeah, that is true, because I'm very narcissistic, and I enjoy Uh grabbing all the attention and putting it my way. Right. Exactly. So this is all for for your benefit. But, um, but yeah, so like your favorite moment of the retreat wasn't the parts where you separated yourself from us to listen to your church sermon on the balcony. Yeah. <laughs> or was, so, was that yeah, your favorite Yeah, actually, moment? no, that was, that was my favorite part. Do you know what? Actually, for reals, my favorite part was, um, uh-huh. watching movies with you guys and at the same time going on a day trip to visit your brother. Yes, that was fun. I know he enjoyed meeting you too, because he knows of the lore of Matthew, and so it was cool that my two worlds could intersect for a, an afternoon in our lives. That was fun. Yeah, I uh, really enjoyed the trip, and also I, I, I don't know, I, I just like hanging out with you guys, but not too long. So that's the reason why <laughs> I had to uh, kind of separate myself from from you guys. There's only so much I can take from all of you guys put together. And those church sermons aren't going to listen to themselves, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I'm glad we are. We have this little mini retreat reunion here today. As we're talking about sides, side A and side B. Uh, first of all, I want to thank our incredible listeners and supporters. Like, just when I think, like, it doesn't get better, it gets better and better. And so I'm just, like, so glad we have 80 as of now, we have 80 iTunes reviews and ratings, which is so many. Like, that's so many people who have taken the time to uh, to put their thoughts. We're getting closer and closer to 100. I feel like as we get closer to 100 iTunes reviews, there needs to be, and I'm pretty sure there will be, a giveaway of some sort, which feels almost counterintuitive then to talk about because now people won't review until there's 99. Because if they review now, they're not going to get a prize. <laughs> or maybe I should offer a prize for number 81 and see what happens. I don't know. I think just listening to us is already the prize. <laughs> right. Mm, that's, that's a good spirit. That's a good answer. So thank you to the 80 of you who have taken the time to rate and review us. You're awesome. Would love to see 20 more in the next couple episodes. Like that would be fun to be able to hit 100 soon. Um also, of note, we rolled out our very first Yabalog episode. Um, the Yabalog is our brand new monthly bonus podcast, and it's just for Patreon supporters. So if you pledge even a dollar a month, a single dollar a month, 
you can listen to our bonus podcast, which is about a half hour. I estimate to be about a half hour in length. And it's me, and I did this last episode from inside my wardrobe. I may have subconsciously or consciously transported to Narnia for some of that episode. Um, And it's commenting on feedback from our last podcast. Um, We also have this brand new Yob phone number. Matthew, do you know about the Yob phone number? Yes, I do. If you call that number and if uh, you request uh, Tom or any of us, uh, we won't answer. And it's basically a voicemail and Uh you can say anything you want. Uh, Just please, uh, just please, please, please uh, be wary that we won't answer any of your calls. And again, it's a voicemail. So like we'll definitely air what's uh, or we'll try to air um, whatever you have a comment, question, anything else. We'll definitely do our best to put it on the Yabba log and it's going to be for you guys. Wow. Matthew, you should be the new Andy. <laughs> you can just do all my announcements. That was beautiful, Matthew. Yeah. Our phone number. I'd love to have, so we, we debuted two listener calls on this Yabba log. Um, and we put a Yabalog teaser on the website because I want people to know what this even is, what this show is. Because we're doing one regular episode a month now and one bonus episode a month. And so I put a 20-minute teaser out of a 40-minute episode on our public site and on iTunes. So you probably saw it if you subscribed to us on iTunes. You probably saw it pop up in your feed. And it was a little 20-minute sample. But the listener calls are just for the bonus people, just for the, the private audience. And so I debuted two of those. And there was a really good question about integrating into a church men's group and um, Marshall called and talked about Twister, <laughs> the Twister competition that we had. So it was fun. It's it, it, Hopefully it will be a good mix of having like silly calls, but also really serious, heartfelt, thought-provoking ones. And Matthew's right. It's not a phone number, so I'm never going to answer. And, you know, we're never going to have a conversation per se. But you can call, leave a message, and ask a question or tell a story as it relates to this episode. So on this episode on side A, side B, you can comment and leave a call, and then maybe on the next Yabalog, your phone call will be featured. If you're a patron and you support us, then you can listen to that episode in a couple weeks, and, and it'll be really fun to roll this out and have a conversation with more of our listeners and to put, it'll add a new dimension. It's one thing if I'm just reading comments, you know, reading um, verbatim from, from my own voice, but to actually hear other voices is a cool new dynamic that I'm looking forward to exploring more. So Matthew, feel free to call... Um, our number at 706-389-8009 and you can comment on the episode that you're about to appear on. How does that sound? Sounds really good because uh-huh. there's a lot of stuff uh, I'll probably want to say. Uh, some of them won't be related to the topic. It'll just mainly be centered around you, Tom. So, uh-huh. yeah. Yeah, give be, me uh, feedback. I'll take it. Yeah, I'll definitely give you a feedback and you know how... Uh, how brutally honest I am, right? I am too aware, <laughs> too aware of this. Um, but yeah, you can call in the number. And something that I think would be cool too is if you have, I mean, if you have general feedback for the show or for Yob, for the site, the blog, that's really cool. But even if you have like specific questions, like if you have a question for Ryan or if you have a question for Marshall or any of our authors, for Matt, who's on this episode, you can do that. You can like ask them a question and then I can always relay that message to them and if you want to create like a Q&A with some of our our voices on the podcast like that could be something that we tap into really the the yob hotline the yob number is really up to you to do with what you will dear listeners so take advantage i'd love to hear from y'all stories and questions and 
whatever else you want to throw on there. So if you want to be a patron, if you want to listen to the Yabalog on a monthly basis, you can go to patreon.com slash your other bros, and all the information is right there. And we love our Yabbers. So much of the content today, and there was a lot of good ones, um, a lot of questions, a lot of stories shared, um, come from our Yabbers Facebook group, which we have as a secret Facebook group. And we have over 100 members in there. And so it's really cool that we got to have a lot of good conversations about this topic for today. So become a Yabber. It's really cool. And before we move forward, we need to thank our sponsor for this month's episode. Um, We're talking about sides. And this sponsor came out of the 90s to support us today because they believe in sides. They believe in a side A and a side B. And we thank our sponsor today, Cassette Tapes. Remember those little cassette tapes, Matthew, with the ribbons? And if they got unspooled, you could use a pencil and you could, like, put it back into place. Did you ever have any Hillsong on cassette? Actually, no. (laughs) You didn't? No, because... You would have have Hillsong United on cassette. Uh, Yeah, well, they weren't around during the 90s. uh, But... Honestly, I'm actually with you with our whole sponsor for cassette tapes because that is very retro and it's kind of 90s is coming back. Is it? Is that the style? It's been back. <laughs> yeah. I mean, with the flannel and kind of like ripped jeans. And um, and if you ever go to a, a store called Urban Outfitters, they actually have cassette tapes over there with currents, pop, rock, um, oh, any yeah. genre of music um, on cassette tapes. There's nothing like the click, you know, when you slide it in, you snap it shut, mm. and you see the little wheels spinning. Like, that's just a great aesthetic. And you listen to, like, four songs, and you have to flip it over. <laughs> right. Side A to side B. Yeah. That's it. So thank you, Cassette Tapes, for, yeah, just stepping into this controversial topic. I was a little surprised when they they were living safely in the shadows of the 90s, but they decided to step into this raging debate. They need, to, they need to get relevant again, you know? They are, yeah. yeah this, this will bring them, put them back on the map. It starts with Urban Outfitters, mm-hmm. and it ends with the Yeah, Yobcast. the next stop after Urban Outfitters is Yob. So. That's right. It's the next yeah. logical conclusion. Yeah. All right. So thank you, Cassette Tapes. Yeah, we are talking about side A and side B and why we in this Your Other Brothers community are side B, hold to a side B traditional sexual ethic. We're going to talk about that because... I remember when I want to talk to you guys and hear your perspective, but like I didn't hear these labels for a while. I mean, I don't even remember. I was involved in some Facebook groups back in the day, years and years ago. But I remember when I first started blogging anonymously and sharing my story about a decade ago, like SSA was the only thing I knew. Like I wasn't familiar with gay Christian. That label was totally foreign to me. It was always just SSA, same sex attracted. That was the only thing I knew for like maybe the first certainly the first year, if not first couple years of being in this online universe that we're all in now. Um, but at some point, probably through the Facebook groups, I started seeing these monikers, these this like vocabulary, side A and side B. I had no idea. And for a while, I got them confused. Do you guys know? Well, obviously, we're talking about why we're side B. But do you ever was there ever times in your lives where you got them confused or you weren't sure which one was which or which one you were <laughs> just from a vocabulary standpoint? Yeah, it took a little bit. Took a little bit. What about you, Matthew? Um, I mean, a tiny bit. It was just maybe a good few months, and then after that, I was over it. Do you guys know where this comes from, or why? who made this a thing, side A, side B? 
This is from like the predecessor of the Gay Christian Network, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, a little bit of history for those that don't know. Um, the one of the, so the founder of the Gay Christian Network, which is now Q, Q Christian Fellowship. Fellowship, they changed their name a little while ago. Um, but he and a guy named Ron Belgau, who runs and edits Spiritual Friendship, they posted some essays on their blogs, and they were shared on communal blogs back in back in the day. Um, but they wrote kind of essentially like a treatise or a, I don't know what you would call it. I mean, it was an essay. I guess that's the best word for it. On why they believe the things that they believe, the sexual positions that they believe. <laughs> that's mm-hmm. not a weird to say. <laughs> it was like dueling bandages, but with hermeneutics. <laughs> right, right. Exactly. And so so Justin Lee, the, the founder of GCN, he holds to a side A, position which is essentially a gay affirming position and then ron belgal holds to a side b position which holds to marriage is between a man and a woman sexual acts belong between a man and a woman and so if you're not married to a woman then a life of singleness and celibacy is your your path and so um i don't know so yeah they kind of coined those phrases i'm not sure who like was it a coin toss and who got to be called side a and who got to be called side b i have no idea how that exactly worked but i think it's because the side a people named it oh because they came up with it i mean that makes yeah. sense right because it makes sense like whoever comes up with something you should get the first side the first side of the cassette um so that's a brief history and i'll post actually links for those that are curious um, to those essays. Have y'all ever read those essays? Do you know what I'm talking about? Have you I, seen them? I read them a long time ago. I haven't read them recently. What about you? Yeah, I, I've, I've read them a long time ago as, as well. It, too long. Yeah, it's been a while. I was like finding the links recently and was skimming back through it and I was like, okay, yeah, this is taking me back down memory lane. Don't really feel like reading them all over again, but I'm sure many people will find value in reading because they're pretty exhaustive. It's not like a 500 word like little thing you can read in 10 minutes like it'll take you a while to read through the whole especially if you read both of them if you read justin's and ron's back to back like you'll be you'll be sitting there a while reading through them but very exhaustive very detailed um yeah puts a lot of the arguments and context for what is a side a theology belief system and what is a side b theology belief system and and i actually wanted to recommend give a little plug for as we're talking about side b and why we are side b and why we hold to a traditional sexual ethic um just wanted to recommend preston sprinkle's book people to be loved because he does a fantastic job diving in just kind of from an outsider's perspective he's a a straight guy in a heterosexual marriage and he talks about or he dives into this whole concept of what does the bible say and just diving into it and basically going where the text leads he's not somebody with an agenda he's just reading the text digging into the culture digging into the history and just coming to his conclusions with what he finds. And he does a really good job. Um, He holds to a a traditional side B ethic, as we do. Um, But he does a good job also of illuminating why side A people believe what they believe. So if you're ever curious about, like, how do do side A people rationalize or believe what they believe, I think Preston does a really fantastic job laying it out in his book. And that's always my recommended resource if people want to just learn kind of the nitty-gritty of why, what the Bible says, why we believe what we believe, and also why the other side believes what they believe. And yeah, I recommend checking that out. We have that on our resources tab. If you go to yourotherbrothers.com slash resources, you can check that out. Um, but I'm curious before we get into some comments, because there's some comments from 
Um, well, maybe I should read that first, actually. There was a yabber, a couple yabbers, actually, in our group who had this to say about the side A, side B paragon. Is that the right way to say Paradigm. it? Paradigm. Paracord. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Parachute. Parachute. Yeah. Um, yeah. A couple of our yabbers were on the same page with this. And I want to get y'all's thoughts on this. But one of them said, I don't like to use the phrase side A, since those who believe gay sex is okay are rejecting God and his commands. Side A makes it sound like it's an acceptable alternative, which it is not. And some other people had similar lines of thinking that they're like, well, no, if side A is sinful, essentially, if God doesn't, if we believe this side B position, there shouldn't be like an option, essentially, I think is the rationale. Like there shouldn't be like, oh, you can choose this one or you can choose this one and both sides are okay. Like there's only one side that's truth, right? And so there were a couple of people that were just turned off by this topic because they don't like the whole side A, side B thing. And I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on just even how you use the terms side A and side B in your life. Um, I've met people who have been on the side A and I've, I've heard them out. So um, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, I'm going to say messy. It's a very uh, messy discussion, but it's also, um, I think something that we should at least uh, discuss um whether you're for or against um, affirming or being celibate, um, everybody has their opinions. So, and then we, I'll probably discuss this a little bit more, but uh, we should also respect um, other uh, other people's opinions, whether they're affirming or not affirming. Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I'm I'm side B, right? And um, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't think side B was correct. Um, I don't think that you're going to get very far in productive discussion mm -hmm. if you deny like a starting point even to someone who wants to talk to you about this. I mean, if you, if you want to talk to a side A person about, about side A versus side B and you lead with, well, I don't even think you're Christian. Um, I think, you know, and I just don't think you're going to get far in that conversation. And why do we invent this kind of terminology if it's not to have conversations? Um, and so maybe maybe people who object to this are just not interested in having those conversations. And, um, I, you know, I guess that's kind of a different issue, maybe. Yeah, I mean, it's like, like you said, Ryan, like I wouldn't be here doing your other brothers and connecting with y'all regularly. If I didn't believe that what I believed was correct, which is what I believe, I believe what God says is correct. But yeah, if we're trying to have a conversation, if we're trying to educate people that there are other people who believe certain different things, then it's helpful to put words and name names, labels to things um, so that we can differentiate. Okay. We believe this and we believe that. And we obviously disagree on a lot, but Side A, side B. I've always been, I've never really been one to use side B as an identifier because it always kind of does come with the connotation that side A came first and side A is correct. And so I always feel like side B is just like the other, the other alternative. And so I've always, maybe it's just like exposure, like the fact that I was exposed to the SSA terminology first, like that's always the one that felt most comfortable to me. And I tried on the gay label for a while and that never really felt super comfortable to me. And so so I've always wondered maybe if I was like exposed to side A, side B terminology first, then I would be like totally natural. Like, oh yeah, I'm Tom, I'm side B, et cetera, et cetera. This is what I feel convicted by, what God, what my searching, what reading Preston's book and reading other people's 
thoughts and, and deep dives into scripture. Like this is the conclusion I've come to that I believe is correct, but but I can't just disregard all these other people who also have stories to share and also have convictions and we need to be able to have a conversation. And so, so I think that's the perspective you have to have when you think about these two sides. So I wanted to ask then why you, Ryan, and why you, Matthew, and why I, Tom, am side B? What is like the reason? And so you can say it's your conviction or it's whatever, but like, I don't know, is there more to it than that? Or is that it? Is that the only reason, the one reason? Or do you have other reasons? Why do you choose to be on this side of the cassette tape? Um, So I'll start off by saying one reason I'm really interested in talking about this is because I'm interested in hearing um, maybe even myself talk about it, but, you know, you guys and people from the Yob comments um, talk about, like, why why is side B a good thing? Why is it good news? Um, I think the strongest apologetic is, for something is not that it's logically provable, but but that it's good news. And so I think I'll, I'll kind of, like, preface this answer with... I'm always looking for ways to express this as why this is good news, why this is something that I actually like would want to believe in, not something that I'm kind of like backed into a corner and forced to believe in. So, you know, I could, I guess I could start with, you know, I think, I think a good starting point for an answer to that is like, well, you know, the Bible, um, has different things to say about, um, about, homosexual sex or, um, or that sort of thing, or even, um, you know, the Bible really does seem to affirm marriage between one man and one woman. But I think really when I think of what about side B is good news to me, it is complicated. I think like I'm still on a journey of really, um, receiving this with joy, but I think that, I think that I've seen this bear fruit in my life is that putting me in this place where I have to lean into singleness, I have to lean Mm -hmm. into celibacy, um, which frankly I wouldn't be if I wasn't, if I wasn't same sex attracted, um, putting me in this position has really opened my eyes to the values of singleness and celibacy, both spiritually for myself and in my relationship with God and in my relationship with my community. I think that my being single and being celibate has made me lean into my Christian community, my church in ways that, that I definitely wouldn't be if I was coupled off with somebody and leaning into my community with those needs I have really seen that it's grown them a lot. It's challenged them a lot. It's brought them to a better place of understanding what it means to be interdependent um, among among ourselves, what it means for the body of Christ to actually be the body of Christ, to be Jesus's hands and feet in the world, to, um, you know, to, to care for, for us to care for one another. Um, and so that's kind of like, if I, if I were to pick out like, one thing that I've seen that is really that I've seen to be good news, but hard news about side B, I think that's kind of what I'd pick. 
Yeah, uh, for for myself, I I would say um, one what you already hit uh, hit on, Tom, is conviction. But at the same time, it for myself, um, it, it it makes sense for me. I mean, I every I'm, basically everybody knows my story. I mean, I tell my story on on here, and also uh, the friends uh, who are here in New Mexico, uh, they they know my life of um, me having basically hooking up with a lot of guys and um and then just kind of like doing my own thing and just kind of like wanting to have um uh, a relationship or or a boyfriend so i mean i've I've been on the other side of it um but at the same time uh where i'm at right now um it actually makes sense for me and i actually um feel a lot more uh joy um i'm i'm more um, joyful of just being single and, and being celibate as, um, as long as possible. Um, whether, um, I don't know if I get married to a woman or if, I don't know, something happens to me or something like that. I, I definitely enjoy, uh, having the, um, the community of both, uh, the church and also, um, the community of God, um, uh, who is just basically there all the time. And I can, uh, uh, have that, uh, relationship and I don't, ha- um, I don't have to have anybody, um, beside me. I'm a very, very, uh, pretty independent person. Um, if you get to know me, uh, very, very well, I'm, I'm pretty independent and I, I like to do stuff by myself, but, um, I don't know. It, it probably goes with just basically who I am and that's why it makes sense, sense to me. But at the same time, um, it just feels, it, it, it seems right. It seems whether um, I've taken this um, this road of being celibate, it, it seems like I'm I'm in a I'm a good spot with with myself, but not only with myself but with God. Yeah, it's like for me growing up in a Christian home, like I've just always been ingrained with this whole thing, like homosexuality is wrong. And there, for a while, like I admittedly didn't really like look into it or even research it because culturally, where I grew up in a Christian home, Christian family in the South. Christian school like it didn't make any sense to even think about an option of of getting a boyfriend or just having a side a theology or whatever um and as I've done research over the years I've realized that it's really not a core desire I don't really have much of a romantic I mean I think I can be romantic but I don't really have a huge propensity to want a spouse to want a life partner that doesn't really which is not the case for everybody like I'm only speaking for myself like I I simply do not desire that on one level and then I've written about this as well not really having much of a a desire for sex for either gender or with either gender with men or women and so from like a personality standpoint from a preference standpoint it doesn't really like speak to me (laughs) or jump out to me as as a path that I really even want um and I don't know like my experiences over the years like working at boys camps and connecting with lots of guys in this community and even just recently having this retreat and then going to revoice where there are a few hundred people with side B, um, belief systems together in one place. Like I've seen the beauty in community and the beauty of the church and connecting for me specifically, just connecting with other men, um, whether they're SSA or gay or, or not, um, just being able to connect with other men has been super healing and beneficial for me. And, and I don't know, like I feel 
I feel like the reason I'm side B is because, yeah, because of conviction, because of personal preference, but also because it's just a joy to be able to struggle and suffer sometimes alongside other people who are also struggling and sacrificing similar things um, on a daily basis. And I read scripture and I read about Jesus and I see his life and I see a man who suffered and who said that we would suffer too. But there's this communal suffering that also brings joy like so it doesn't like, it's not totally masochistic like it's joyful like I love that I get to connect with with Ryan and I get to connect with you Matt and I get to connect with so many guys in this community some on a more regular basis than others but to just be able to go through something with somebody and journey along with them has been incredibly joyful and I can't imagine my life over the last 10 years of walking out this road without that support and I don't know my life feels like it would feel kind of empty I feel like if I just decided to get a boyfriend or or decided to chase this passion of the moment or something. Like, I don't know. There's something that's like long, it feels more longstanding um, about where I am right now. And I enjoy that. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. And I mean, if, if you actually look in the Bible, I mean, there, there's a lot of people who were, um, I, I guess, lived in the single, the, the single life. Uh, of course, they're probably weren't gay or anything like that, but I mean, single, single, singleness, uh, is, is basically singleness. I mean, if you, um, choose to live a celibate life, um, it, yeah, it's going to be, it's, it's going to be a bit tough. But again, as I said before, a lot of, uh, uh, people in the, the Bible who lived a single life. I mean, example, Paul. I mean, that's kind of the obvious. Jesus, obvious. And not only that, like, uh, Daniel, he, he lived a single life. And, um, also I believe, uh, I'm going to say Jeremiah. Um, as well, but if if you look also in church history, there are people who um, lived um, a a single lifestyle, and I mean, of course, they had their um, their 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 difficulties, but in the end, um, they impacted um, uh, the world uh, greatly, whether it, it was uh, in their own community or uh, uh, worldwide or anything like that. So like uh, example, another example uh, of uh, um, I'd say a modern scholar or biblical scholar or pastor uh, would be uh, Diedrich uh, Bonhoeffer. I mean, he he uh, was single until the day he died. So I mean, I don't know. I think there's uh, I, not not to bash uh, side A people or people who are affirming. Um, I don't know. I for for my view or what I see in my own eyes is that people who live. Um, the single lifestyle who live in the celibate lifestyle. Uh, I don't know. It, it seems like they have more impact um, for the kingdom of God. I might be wrong. So. You can certainly apply that to married people in general. Cause like I I'll speak for myself. Like would I be committing all these hours into your other brothers? If I had a wife and if I had a kid and I had all these other like familial responsibilities, like, I don't know, maybe your other brothers would still be a thing. Maybe, I don't know. But the fact that I am single and I have all this extra time on my hand, not only to invest in Yab, but but yeah, I can I kind of can be more communal focused rather than picking one person or two or three people if they're my children, you know, to focus on. So just from that basic standpoint, there does open up a lot of extra time to pursue whatever God puts on our hearts. And so for me, it's a lot of it is Yab, but it's other other relationships in my life as well that I get to focus on. So that's a benefit. Right. And the podcast is about why side B, not why singleness, but just to mm -hmm. kind of draw this connection again that I mentioned, like I wouldn't be single if I weren't side B, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is kind of two sides of the same coin, right. at least for me. Yeah. 
We did an episode on singleness, which y'all should listen to. It's it's in the archives. Check it out. It was, Ryan, were you on that episode? It was all right. <laughs> it wasn't as good as the gay sex hookups episode. But no. It was, yeah, which was the best one. <laughs> it was good. Um, well, I wanted to read this comment from a yabber. It's kind of long, but I'm curious if you guys resonate with it at all. Um, he says, I choose side B because I choose Jesus. Well, he chose me, really. No matter how much I've wished and tried to stretch scripture to be side A or affirming or whatever you want to call it, I can never convince myself without pulling the string that seems to unravel how I believe we are supposed to read scripture and the standard I believe we should hold it at. All the side A arguments have led me to more questions about how we're to interpret scripture, and they seem to unintentionally pull many more scriptural things and its overall authority into question. And then truth, quote-unquote, just becomes whatever I want it to be if I'm constantly doubting or trying to change scripture. This is more why I don't choose side A. So really, I choose side B because that's what the Bible says, and I trust the Bible, and that God is good, even if following him requires sacrifice, rejection, and pain, because then he go through all those things before me. Yeah, I, I actually uh, agree with, with uh, the, the, the reader. It, it almost seems like uh, that side B kind of like chooses you, uh, because like to live like on side A, it kind of puts you in in conflict with your beliefs and also your conscience. And like you can choose uh, not to date or to 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 date, have sex, not to have sex, to get married or not to get married. But like those beliefs aren't really like chosen. It's like it comes uh, from like somewhere deep within you, like of of who you are. And I mean, it, I, I definitely agree with with um, with the reader and. I mean, I, I, I def, I'm, I'm going to say I definitely applaud you for putting that uh, in words. And I bet there's going to be a lot of listeners who, who can actually uh, resonate. I, I can resonate with uh, what this uh, person is saying. Thank you for using the word resonate, Matthew. You're welcome. <laughs> um, and then there's, this is another one um, while we're talking about this topic of why we're side B. So this other Yabber says, while I've been healed from much fear in my life the past nine or so months, I still struggle with bits of quote-unquote internalized homophobia. Parts of me fear my own self and who it identifies me with, who people will think me as, and how it impacts me relationally. I'd also say I have this small but still present fear of being close to quote-unquote gayness internally or externally, and it would rub off on me and I'd be turned side A. So in summation, homophobia is also why I'm side B. Mm. And I think it's like... That's a really um, interesting sentence. Homophobia is also why I'm saying because I think I don't know. Like I'm just gonna be really blunt. Like I've been a part of organizations and conferences in the past where I think there's such a vitriol for side A people and for gay, just for gay people in general, people who identify as gay who wouldn't use um, or who use the the gay label. There's such a vitriol there, and I just wonder, like, gosh, is it more of about how much? you hate what's inside of you versus what you actually believe and take joy in following out. Like, I don't know. I think that's, that's an element for why people are side B. Absolutely. Yeah. I have, okay. I have a hot take about this hot take, hot take alert. Um, and I'm going to actually phrase this as a, uh, invite you guys to speculate on this to make it more interesting and interactive. But, um, what percentage of side B people out there, I'm going to narrow this down to men um, since we probably we'll know give the a ladies a break. Men. Yeah. <laughs> what percentage of side B men out there do you think are side B because of that internalized homophobia? Like they mm. they're kind of icked out or grossed out by their sexual attractions and they're sort of running from that or they just don't 
they they're not comfortable around gay people or people who are you know kind of like obviously gay or kind of mm. like wear that on their sleeve what percentage do you think how high can you go that is the question matthew what do you think how many side b men people of faith are out there who are just really internalizing their homophobia what do you think um yeah oh give me a, honest, a number um i would say oh man there's there's two percentages i'm, I'm thinking of um <laughs> one percentage is going to be maybe 75 percent or Ooh. the other percentage is going to be 38 percent I don't know why, like, I said 38. It just popped into my head. Oh, I was like, yeah, I was thinking for some reason the first number that came to my head was, like, a third, so 33, 33%. Mm. That's what I was thinking. But it could very well be higher. I don't know. I, I think it's about 50%. 50%. Yeah. That's not shocking. I, I could see that. And I think it's not necessarily represented well in, say, the Your Other Brothers community because mm-hmm. I think that we're going to attract people who are a little more comfortable with that part of themselves. Mm-hmm. But based on conversations and just my knowledge of our community, I think that, um, I think it's, yeah, I think it could be 50%. I think it could be as high as 75%. But yeah, that's, that's my hot take. And I would love to see us, our community grow towards, um, grow towards having positive reasons for, for turning to side B, for adhering mm-hmm. to side B. You know, I think we want to be running to something and not away from something. Or as as Eve Tushnet puts it, you can't have a vocation of no. Like mm-hmm. we want a calling, a vocation that is towards something, that is positive, that is constructive, that is building something rather than a calling, trying to trying to live out a calling of um of denial, of keeping something away, keeping something out of our lives. I think that's going to lead to a pretty empty and flat kind of life. I don't think that's Mm -hmm. life to the fullest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know about you, Matthew, but I've seen a lot of emptiness, just like, yeah, a lot of angst about like, there's no really joy in deciding this. It's more about, oh, I can't choose that because that's awful and God forsaken and those people, da, 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 da. And I don't know, like, I don't, I don't see as much joy. So now that I'm thinking about it, I could see potentially that being higher than 50%. That wouldn't be completely shocking to me. Yeah. I mean, uh, actually a friend of mine, uh, me and a friend of mine who's, uh, straight, he's actually a single, single dad. He's, uh, um, me, me and him have like pretty good intellectual uh, discussions. Uh, and we we're actually talking about this. And one of the things that he, he, uh, said to me was, it seems like in the whole, um, Christian, uh, especially, uh, Christians who either, struggle with uh, same-sex attraction or gay Christians, uh, for those who are side B and um, who have this kind of, what the reader said, a homophobic, quote-unquote, uh, mindset, uh, it, it seems like they, they are not comfortable with who they are. They don't know who they are. And what he said was, um, so I think there's a lot of people who need to figure out who they are and what God created them for. And especially like going, uh, tapping into of either why I'm attracted to these guys or why am I not comfortable in my own shoes? I mean, that's basically the question. Why am I not comfortable in, in 
maybe having a high pitched voice of having a uh, mm. feminine traits or anything like that. It's like, why am I not comfortable in, in, in this? And it, it actually opened my eyes to like a lot of stuff, especially for myself. And um, I mean, I, um, I, I was, I was blown away that he actually, he actually got it for a dude, uh, a straight single dad. Like he, he got it and it, and it, it surprised me of how much knowledge, like, and also kind of, um, it kind of, burdens my heart of how many people are just not comfortable with themselves and like and, and yeah. the question is going to go to the readers uh, the listeners out there is like are you okay with yourself yeah i think a lot of people struggle i mean i struggle sometimes to love myself i think i'm way further along today than i was a decade ago but but that's absolutely something that i think a lot of side b guys just struggle to to love who they are all the things that go with sexuality yeah and i don't think that loving yourself and accepting your SSA is mutually exclusive with putting your full identity in Christ. Mm. I think that's a mistake some people make where you, you can be confident in your full identity in Christ. Um, but then, but then be comfortable with, you know, okay, I'm going to be attracted to men sometimes, or I have, I have, uh, and you know, my, my aesthetic sense is that men are beautiful. And um, yeah, I think that people often sort of try to oversimplify that or reduce that and make those two things mutually exclusive when that's not really that helpful. Well, I wanted to, so I was curious when I was putting this out to the Yarbers group, I was curious if anyone in the group had previously been side A, if they were gay affirming, um, to use that language. And we had a few who did, who say who said that they were. So this first Yarber said, yes, at one point in my adulthood, I was indeed uh, a practicing homosexual. I had a partner. We lived together. It was all done in secret and in shame. I was very depressed and became ill. I couldn't live with the choices I was making and began questioning everything. My life, my choices, my partnership. I was suicidal. I was devastated and without any hope or faith. It took a few years to grieve the idea that I couldn't reconcile my faith with my own longing. Yeah, my heart goes out to someone like that because I've never had to wrestle with that. I've never had a romantic sexual relationship with a man and I've never had this crossroads. And my heart goes out to people who have like, they have to decide, like you have your faith and you have this this person or this this uh, desire for a marriage and for a family and for for intimacy. And it feels like you're at a crux and you have to pick. And I've, I've never had to deal with that. I'm curious, do y'all, have y'all had to deal with that or do you have people in your lives who have had to deal with that? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've dealt with that, um, especially in the past. I mean, I've, I've dated, I've dated guys. Um, I've, I've actually had, um, two or three boyfriends. Uh, one of them was a long-term relationship, like a, a good year. So I, I definitely can resonate with, um, what the person is, is talking about. Well, someone else said, I've never truly been side A, though I lived quote unquote the life for almost three decades. I was never comfortable being gay. During the early 80s, I was involved with a guy who wanted to marry me. Being in the army and closeted, I freaked out and attempted suicide for the first time. I crashed my car. Most people would be grateful to God that they were able to walk away unharmed. I didn't. I cursed God that he didn't let me die. Throughout the years, I constantly fought the idea of being gay and what that meant. Spiritually, I knew it was wrong, but the fight to be with men was overwhelming. Because of that, I attempted suicide multiple times to get rid of the pain. Yeah. And it's like, it keeps going deeper and deeper. Like I've, so first of all, I've never had to deal with the crossroads of a romantic sexual relationship and my faith. 
And beyond that, like suicidality has never been something I've had to deal with either, whether related to this or what have you. And so there are some, there are some intense stories out there. A a few of our yabbers commented on, on suicidality and, and just coming to this like really intense crisis moment of what do I believe or what do I choose? And my heart goes out to those people because I just, yeah, I can't quite relate with that. And I think that being being in a dark place and being brought to suicidality, I mean, or to, you know, that crisis moment where you don't know a way out besides ending it. Mm. Um, I mean, I think we've we've seen that happen. I mean, this person, it happened when they were inside A and didn't know how to, you know, didn't know how to cope. But then we've seen that happen inside B, too, where people don't know how to cope with that. And we're going to talk about the challenges of Siberian a little bit, but, um, but yeah, I think these are, these are questions that weigh very heavily on a lot of people. So Matthew, would you classify with your story? Would you have classified yourself as side a in that time? Or was it just a time of like quote unquote rebellion and you just wanted to do what felt good? Or like, did you sincerely believe you could have a boyfriend and still have your faith or did you like forsake your faith altogether? Like what was during that time of your life? How did you piece all that together? Yeah. Um, it was, well, I, I would say it was both rebellion by the same time, um, affirming, like I was on the side A because, uh, whenever I would, um, uh, whenever I, I would have a, a boyfriend, um, especially for the, the year long, uh, one, it, um, I was actually pretty okay with like having a boyfriend holding hands, um, and just going to church as well and actually taking down, uh, what, uh, my pastor was, was writing down. And I mean, it, it didn't bug me like for the first, I would say six months and especially for the two others, um, two or uh, one or two others, like it, it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't bug me. And I would actually be like very okay. I would just go do my daily routines and, uh, visit, uh, my exes and all that stuff. And, but at the same time, like sooner or later, um, what, like the Holy Spirit would actually convict me and kind of like I would actually have long, deep uh, thoughts and kind of like talking to myself of kind of like, what, like, what are you doing? It's like, you, you know, like this is like against like what you believe and what the Bible says. And it's like you and and on, on the other side uh, of the, uh, um, the perspective of, um, I don't know, my mind was like, it's like, but it's like, I'm it's like, I'm lonely. It's like, I, I, I have feelings for these person and we actually connect. It's like, so it was, it was very, um, confusing. I would, I, I guess that's the best word I can, I can say. Um, it was, it was confusing, but at the same time, like I, I, I get, um, I, I definitely understand, like, um, I actually understand more and, uh, of what's, uh, the side, the side A people, like, um, what they have to go through and how, they accept um, having a boyfriend, having a husband, um, getting married, and still going to church. I, I definitely understand like what what uh, how they come to that conclusion. And I mean, for myself, like I I don't judge them um, at all. Like I, I have people who are side A, and I talk to them like I talk to the rest of my friends, and I, I check uh-huh. up on them. The like I check up like um, most of my friends here in New, in New Mexico. So I mean, again, it, it's. I definitely understand. I know what they're going through and where they're coming from. So, yeah. Yeah. That's awesome that you have that perspective because yeah, that's just (laughs) not a perspective I have. And so it's cool that there's, there's guys like you out there, Matthew, who can, who can better connect and relate with, with guys that are in that position. 
All right, the last like side A-ish story that I wanted to read. I love this brother. He's really great. Um, he has a fantastic story and testimony. Um, but he tells this story. I walked down a path that led me to date and marry a woman, knowing that I'm gay. Why? Not because I'm insane or malicious, but because God told me to walk down that path. What does it mean for me being gay or SSA? I still don't know. Do I want to follow God's path for my sexuality? Yes. Every time I've asked about the quote-unquote answer, I hear, don't worry about it. Eventually, I stopped worrying, and I started to trust God and believe that I'm not supposed to know the answer. Why do I choose a side B, traditional sexual ethic? Because it fits best with my path and with trying to follow Jesus in the middle of my messy gray zone, refined in the fire life. I think for me, side B is a personal choice rather than a moral theological stance. I'm philosophically open to the possibility that other people struggle through these complex God and sexuality questions and resolve it in a different way. I came back to God as a result of a gay Christian friend of a friend who kept telling me about how God loves me. We didn't have sides back then, but he wouldn't have been side B. I came back because through this friend, God reached me with his love. After coming back in one of my earliest conversations with God about my sexuality, I was searching for new answers. I knew the evangelical answers in my head only brought destruction. But in response, I didn't hear God asking me to change. He was asking me to follow him. In those conversations, I started to hold God's hand and follow him. I vowed that I couldn't judge my brothers on how they resolve these questions, that God may take their hand and lead them in a different way. I still hold true to that today. So I don't know. I really love that story. I've heard that story in, other, in another context before. Um, but the fact that he could be brought not only to like a side B conviction, like it's way beyond a, a side B or a side A conviction, but just like the whole mindset and life set, heart set of following Jesus. Like it was a gay Christian. It was a side A Christian that brought him, helped bring him to that place in his life. And I find there's so much beauty in that, that God can use anyone and anything he wants to bring us to him. And so I'm encouraged by that. And that's hopefully encouraging to people out there who have side A friends or, or don't know what to do with like side A people in their lives. Like God can use them just like he can use you. And he can, I don't know, he can do amazing things if we just let him. Yeah. So I've never been, I guess, like side A myself, but definitely growing up, you know, I grew up in a conservative Christian household. And like you said, Tom, there's no question of what, what God's design for marriage is in that context. Mm -hmm. Um, But one thing that I realized as I got older, and this is like after college, one thing I realized is that I was kind of living on borrowed convictions where Mm -hmm. I was following side B, whether I knew it to be, whether I called it by that at the time or not, I was following side B because because I felt like that was, I guess that was what was expected of me or that was the kind of the easiest thing to do to go along with the flow and still kind of fit in with my community and not make waves. Um, And I remember one conversation I remember one conversation I had with a friend and I was confiding in him just a lot of doubts and fears and anxieties about, about my sexual orientation and about the future. And, um, and he was kind of quiet and, and I eventually asked him, well, you know, what do you, what do you think about all this? And he said, you know, I kind of, 
don't think I agree with your interpretation of the Bible. He said, I think, I think it would be okay for you to, uh, to, to date or marry a man. And that kind of like shook my world. Cause this person who I, um, who I look up to and who I trusted and was walking beside very much, um, kind of expressed, expressed this different viewpoint. And, and I was like, Oh no, like (laughs) I have to, I have to decide what I, what I believe on my own now, you know, I can't, I can't just, um, I can't just keep going on in this kind of path of least resistance way. Um, yeah. And so I went through a season of really wrestling and really like doing a lot of research and reading and, and coming to a point of, um, of wanting to own for myself this position. So I'm curious, let's go around quick before we dive into more Yabber feedback, but I'm curious what y'all, what the biggest challenges for y'all are as far as living out a side B traditional sexual ethic. What are the biggest challenges both? I mean, for all the areas, sexually, physically, emotionally, relationally, mentally. um, Yeah. What are the biggest challenges. I think for me, I think just being understood, I still feel like even though I've been telling my story for years and years and years now, I still feel like for the straight person <laughs> in the church, like there's still not quite, it's hard for me to feel like that there's a complete understanding of what this looks like. Like I'm 31 years old now, like 20 years from now, 30 years from now when I'm 51, 61, and I'm still single, if that's what I am, then okay, like then how did, how did my relational needs get met? How did my emotional needs get met? Any sexual needs that came up along the way, how did those get satisfied or, or taken care of? Like, I think it's just hard feeling like as I get older, on the one hand, being able to connect more and more with, with guys in this community has, like I said earlier, has been such a joy and such a journey. But I think zooming out and looking at the church at large, I really find it hard because I just haven't had the best track record. I just find it hard to feel like I'm going to be supported into my 40s, into my 50s, into my 60s as a single celibate human <laughs> when that's not um, the popular, most common path being lived out. And it's, I don't know, hard to feel misunderstood and not, people don't know what to do with me. Maybe that's just like a big fear and anxiety that I have moving forward. So I would say that's probably my biggest challenge. My challenge would be, or my challenge was, um, I don't know, it, it probably still am, um, is just basically the loneliness of, of it, of, of just being by myself and not having anybody to uh, be there for me. And yeah, I have a, I have a large amount of friends um, here in Albuquerque, but um, to have that person um, that I can trust with all my heart and be there and they, they could be there for me at any time that they want to. And also kind of the, um, the physical, um, or, um, you could say, um, the physical or, you know, I'll just be blunt about it, the sex <laughs> and, and just kind of like with, with that and also kind of, um, just, I don't know, just, just to have somebody that I can actually love and the person who can love me back. And that would be uh, very difficult, or that was one of the things that was very difficult for me. And uh, I'll, I'll probably talk about um, either in this podcast or I'll, I'll 
talk about it. Um, um, a friend of mine uh, challenged me on, on that and he, he's not a Christian and he actually, uh, um, is engaged to another guy and he challenged me on something on that. So I'll, I, I could either, I'll probably talk about it here or I'll talk about it on one of my blogs, uh, that, um, that I'm, I'm writing about. So just, just stay tuned. No, I'm curious, <laughs> but I can be patient. Way to dangle that carrot. <laughs> yeah. I think for me on, um, mental or cultural level, it's really hard to feel like I'm an alien to what feels like two sides at once. Mm. Um, you know, I think our broader society and culture has been built by and for straight people and not fitting into that. And then it's kind of subtly and fundamentally difficult and taxing. And then on the flip side, like, yeah, I want to look at my church community as a refuge from that, but sometimes... Uh, they're not. And so not kind of feeling like I have that place to fit in where, where my heart is legible and makes sense and where I don't have to explain myself and I don't risk all that much being misunderstood. And then on a personal and relational level, yeah, the singleness is really challenging. You know, I want someone to go on vacation with and to travel with. I want someone who, um, you know, someone to text when I, when my plane lands to just let them know, Hey, you know, I landed because they want to know, you know, because uh-huh. they're interested and, um, you know, and I want, I'm a, I'm a physical touch kind of person. So I want that too. And I think, um, finding that outside of the context of a romantic relationship or a, or a sex or marriage bound relationship. I think that's really challenging because it's so outside of kind of the normal patterns and structures that our society has set up. Yeah. The whole like texting someone when you land, cooking with somebody, dishes, Mm someone coined the phrase everyday intimacies, just like Mm -hmm. little things. Like it doesn't have to be sex. It doesn't have to be this full blown thing, which for me, that's not something I want, but Matthew, that's something I appreciate your honesty. (laughs) That that's something that, that you want. Um, yeah. Yeah. I said loneliness, misunderstoodness. That's for me is, is the hardest part. And that's what a lot of the yabbers said. Um, I won't read a lot of their comments word for word, but loneliness was one that came up a lot. Understoodness came up a lot. Um, this one had a unique perspective. He said, my side A friends find me as an oxymoron. How can I be so kind-hearted, loving of them, and strive to be judgment-free, but personally call their choice a sin and not wish to engage in it personally? I have to remind them we're all sinners and in need of God's grace. He meets us where we are and takes it from there. Matthew, I was curious, like, because you have a lot of side A friends, and you mentioned because, you know, you have that perspective and you have this relatability that a lot of people don't have. Um... Do people in your life find you as an oxymoron? Do they feel like you're judging them or I don't know? Well, it, it, in some ways, yeah. But at the same time, like I, I have to like tell them, it's like, hey, this is all this is my choice. I mean, I, I know you guys are looking out for me and that you guys want the best for me. But at the same time, it's like you're you're not me. It's like you're you. I, I, I'm not you. I'm I. Yeah, you could. uh try to uh, uh, be in my shoes the best way you can, and I could do the same thing for you. But at the end of it, um, whatever um, I do, it's going to be my choice. 
And in a way, they, they have to honor that. And whether they, they, they can disagree all they want and kind of push, uh, push me into like, Hey, it's like, I know what's best for you. And they, they kind of have this like mindset of, um, um, of like, I'm, I'm going to dictate what you're, what you're, um, going to do because I know that it makes me happy. Therefore, it's going to make you happy. It's like, but at the end of it, it's, it's, it's not the case. Um, so, but at the same time, on the the um, other perspective is is that some I I can't um, dictate what uh, what they choose as as well. I mean, I can tell them like my my beliefs, my my side, and kind of like uh, the 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 truth of the matter is. But uh, in the end, they they have a choice, and I have a choice. And basically, what uh, one of my siblings always says um, it's like you're you're an adult, you can make choices. So it's like I'm not your parents, and you're not my parents. So it's like yeah, yeah. People so that, make that's, their own choices. Yeah, that's the case, and it, it's uh, it is very interesting. It is very interesting to uh, to have those uh, conversations with one another. But at the same time, um, if you're very open um, in in discussion, and also have um, an openness of like of um, of having a dialogue with one with one another. Um, you you get to have this like um, knowledge, um, this per, another perspective, and a, it, it gives you um, I don't know it gives you this like goodness. I, I don't know what how how to explain it, but it gives you a, a respect. There we go. It gives you a, 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 a respect of your own self, but also a respect for another person who has a different uh, viewpoint. And I mean, um, I was listening to uh, um, who was it, Ravi Zacharias, and. Uh, this is what, what he says. And, uh, he says, I have no right to violate you as an individual. I have no right to violate your property. I have no right to invade your life because you, you're made in the image of God. You have a right to make your own choices. I have no right to stand in the way of your choices either, but choices will always have consequence. And so I say to you is God gives you the greatest compliment in telling you that you're made in a Imago Deo in the image of God and Jesus Christ takes that so specifically he says to you that your body and mind are the temple of the living God and we we don't go to the temple we take the temple with us this is invaluable so I mean just to have that mindset of of whether um they 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 have this um this this belief of of having a side a belief I mean I I have to respect um, I can't dictate what what they believe in shoes. I have to uh, respect their choices e- either way. W- what it comes down to is, re- is respect. And I, mm-hmm. I I want them to have that uh, same respect to me. And it comes down to just basically loving the person and and, and not to have this um, pridefulness of when you're in this dialogue of saying, it's like, I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. It's like, no, it's like sometimes you just need to just get over yourself and just shut up and just let the person talk and just listen to them. So, I mean, it, 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 it's, it's tough. It's tough sometimes, but sometimes we, we have to uh, just be in this respectful uh, uh, mode uh, most of the time for people who, who do not have um, the same belief as us. And it's, it's okay. I mean, it's okay to have a different belief uh, than, than, than myself, than, than the rest of us. I mean, you're, you're human. I'm human. And I mean, tolerance is a two-way street. Like you don't you don't get to sit there and tell the majority of people, like like 
that that they're wrong and not be open to listen to them and share their stories. I mean, mm. I mean, it, it's it's uh, yeah. I, I mean, I could I could say a, a bunch of stuff, but I'm gonna be quiet right now. Nice. Yeah, I like that a lot. I think, um, you know, being able to offer that respect and listen is what it means to engage with someone charitably. And, and mm. you know, if, you, if you're not engaging charitably with someone, then they can tell, usually. And if you're not engaging charitably, you're not going to win anyone's heart. I think if you're really clever, maybe you can win the argument, but you're not going to win someone's heart um, if you're not engaging with them charitably. Yeah. Is that raining where you are, Matthew? Is that what that is? Yes. I was like, is he opening doors or is there a cat scratching wires or like, what is that? No, it's starting to rain right now. It's like cats on a tin roof. Okay. Um, Moving the show along. Um, One of our Yarbers said that his biggest challenge is the fact that most people don't know how hard and painful our lives are. That denial is a daily activity. Um, it feels overwhelming to communicate the depths of our struggle to people, which is why I love this group and this website. So that's super affirming to hear that as someone editing it and running this community. Like I'm super glad that people have been able to enter Yob and feel a sense of connection, getting stuff off their chest, being able to understand or be heard, which is something that I'd like to see translate better into churches. Um, hopefully, hopefully we're making some headway with that. Um, Someone else talked about jealousy. I'm curious if you guys get jealous because he said jealousy is a stupid corrupter. I do find myself jealous of side A men because they're able to live out what I wish I could. Do you ever feel like specifically jealous about either a specific person or couple or, or just in general? Actually, uh, I, I, I used to feel jealous. Uh, I, okay. Do, do you guys want to, do you guys want me to share what my friend said to me or he challenged me on with this whole, um, sure being singleness, like, or being single and all this stuff. So, um, what, what my friends, um, he, again, I'm, I'm going to repeat myself, uh, saying that's, uh, I, I have a friend who, um, is, is not a believer. He, um, has a, a boyfriend, fiance now. Um, both of them are in the military. Uh, this, this dude, I, I keep talking about, uh, him like in previous podcasts and I'm going to talk to him, um, or I mentioned him in my challenging post, um, and I, he, he, um, he's the type of person who is, uh, very masculine. He's very independent. He is very, um, self-assuring uh, of himself. And he's basically two steps uh, ahead of me in, 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 life. Uh, but this is what he, he challenged me on was, um, I, I, I challenged uh, the, the listeners to be okay with themselves. But he challenged me on is like, why aren't you okay with being by yourself? Why aren't you okay? Why aren't you okay with just like just being alone, just being like in, instead of having like this um, mindset of oh I have to be with somebody, I have to be with somebody, and like if if I'm if I'm alone, it's gonna be like uh, uh, it, it's basically gonna kill me on the inside. But it's like no, it's like just learn how to be okay with just by yourself with with you. There's nothing wrong with that. There's definitely nothing wrong with 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 just being like being by yourself. And it's, uh, I don't know, it, it, it's very, it was a very cool um, thing that it, it clicked in my mind. It's like, oh, it's like, th- that's actually true. There's there's nothing wrong with me being single, with me being celibate, with me not having a boyfriend. And I can actually enjoy myself of just doing stuff alone and not only alone, but with the friends that I have. And uh, I'll, I'll definitely talk more about that on, on a blog post um, 
as well. But but what it, what it comes down to is that like, um, is that like some of us are some of us are afraid of being alone because it has like this this connotation of possible boredom or destructiveness. Like many times we're afraid to be alone because of the fear component of it. And like as as I said before, my friend challenged me on on that. So I was like, just be okay with just being by yourself. Yeah, yeah. Oh, um, great. It's hailing right now. <laughs> <laughs> As it hails in New Mexico. I'm glad mm-hmm. you have shelter, Matt. Stay safe. I think to answer your question, Tom, I don't... I think envy is part of this, but I think the biggest feeling that I feel... I guess when I see, like, two men in public who are obviously together, especially if they're about my age... Or if I see pictures online of two men who are obviously like a, a couple and they look so, you know, you know how people do on Instagram where they make it look so perfect and lovely mm-hmm. and we're so in love with each other and we're so there for each other and everything. Um, I think that kind of stabs my heart with this, I guess, sorrow and envy and, um, and heaviness. And that sort of like brings some, you know, surprise grief into my day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This other guy was talking about his story um, about he grew up in the church and didn't know that other Christians could struggle with sexuality. And he said, the fact that it took me till college to know that other Christians wrestled with their sexuality too is an insane example of a failure of the church in my life and in the lives of young LGBT kids. And I can resonate with that. Like that's something I didn't experience till I was, 21 i believe 21 years old and it wasn't at church it was on the internet so like i had to discover it as in a roundabout way of realizing that other people could could even have this wrestling inside of them Mm. and so that's definitely a challenge and then here's one i wanted to end with with uh challenges um it's something i can resonate with i don't know how much you do matthew (laughs) um as someone who's naturally more inherently friendship focused than romance focused um or sex driven Um, he said, relationally, I put friendships at a higher priority than most straight guys do since there's no wife for me to love and confide in. Um, and I can relate with that a lot because I think I just naturally have more desires for friendship and brotherhood. And I think to the point where I've absolutely idolized this whole concept of brotherhood and finding either other SSA guys, other side B guys, certainly straight guys being able to find like a best friend or find a community, find a brotherhood, putting that above my pursuit of Christ himself. Like that's been really hard for me. I've had to like alter my, uh, the chips that I put into that basket and make sure I'm starting literally starting my days with Jesus and, and not starting with this pursuit of a friendship. Cause I think I just have this natural, inclination that I'm putting I want to put all this energy into friendship because I'm not putting it into a romance I'm not putting it into sex and I'm not putting it into what have you and so I have to always check myself about where my boundaries are and am I idolizing this or or am I not and that kind of hit home for me yeah I can resonate with that one a lot I think Mm -hmm. even from like adolescence I was always much more willing and ready to invest in my relationships with other with other 
boys, guys, men, and they were never like reciprocating, and they were always more interested in girls um, or other things, and I could never figure out like what's going on here. What what am I doing wrong? Why don't they want to be friends with me the same way that I want to be friends with them? And gosh, that's led to so much heartache and shame in my life. Uh, is that that disconnect? Many years ago, I was a high school student. Before that, I was a middle school student, and before that, an elementary school student. And for much of my school upbringing and life and career, the only thing I could think about was getting out. Not by suicide or by running away, but by simply surviving, by enduring a race that was extremely difficult, one fraught with bullying and isolation. And, a general sense of hopelessness that I wasn't noticed, that I didn't matter, and that my life really couldn't even begin to have meaning until I was handed a diploma, a piece of paper that said I did it, I survived, and now I could go out and do whatever it is I was supposed to do. And in many ways, I look at high school, I look at my teenage years as a microcosm of my life at large, of the human life at large, as something to simply just be survived and gotten through. The pain and suffering between bells, at PE, at the lunch table, and everywhere in between. In his book, People to be Loved, Dr. Preston Sprinkle takes a journey that all side B or gay celibate Christians must walk must suffer through, must endure. As a straight heterosexual man in a heterosexual marriage, he takes us on this journey of navigating some scripture and navigating the culture and navigating the history, the language, and, and at the end of his book, comes to a very defined and gripping conclusion. In his closing section called Love Crucified, Preston says this, the Christian faith is built on the notion that the fleeting pain in this life does not compare to the infinite joy awaiting us in the next. I do not belittle the real pain that accompanies the life of celibate gay Christians who desire a husband or a wife of the same sex, who might never experience the exhilarating pleasure of having sex with another person. But I do want to put their struggles, your struggles, in the context of other broken people who are seeking to follow a mighty savior who also was broken and who called us to embrace our brokenness since we have the guarantee of wholeness through the resurrection. Christianity is funny that way. We don't shy away from pain and suffering because Jesus embraced such sufferings and called us to walk the same road. Suffering is not antithetical to divine joy. I've seen a man named Nick, born with no arms and no legs, rejoice in his suffering and further God's kingdom through his calling. I've wept with Carlos and Devin, whose sudden death of their seven-month-old child compelled them to go on and foster several children. I've held hands with beautiful lepers in Kathmandu who smile while they are riding away because they found a savior worthy of life and worthy of death. And I've seen celibate gay Christians who never felt called to singleness find otherworldly pleasures in a life they never thought they could bear. I don't buy the unchristian notion that denying gay people a same-sex spouse is tantamount to denying them a fulfilled life. I reject the myth that true love and intimacy are only found in a partner you can have sex with. And I despise the modern American evangelical lie that a marital spouse is the quintessential form of happiness without which no one, unless she feels called,
can experience true fulfillment as a human being. None of this is based on a Christian worldview, which finds its meaning in a single savior who was spat upon, mocked, tortured, and killed, yet for the joy set before him, endured the misery of the cross in order to taste the delights of resurrection life. Jesus never promised us all the earthly blessings we desire if we follow him, but he did promise that every spark of loneliness, every tinge of pain, every dull ache of depression, every chill of isolation will be redeemed when Jesus returns to restore his creation and reward the righteous with eternal life. And only then will we be on the side of the angels who neither marry nor are given to marriage, a resurrected state foretasted in this life by my celibate brothers and sisters. And so, my brothers, let us exhale and let us rejoice. Let us unclench our fists and give thanks to God for this promise of resurrection, of life beyond sex and marriage, life beyond loneliness and temptation, life beyond life. Let us always run towards something rather than away, something deep and true and far beyond greater. Someone who calls us to suffering just as he did, and yet someone whose yoke is easy, his burden light, his promises certain, his life forever. Let us run toward the risen Christ our stories stand upon. Let us never forget the pages he holds in our souls, and let us not turn to another as we joyfully turn these pages. Well, thank you, Ryan, for joining me again this episode. And thank you, Matthew, for surviving the hailstorm in New Mexico. How are you holding up, buddy? Are you okay? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm alive, so yeah, <laughs> you're alive. I think I'm. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm holding up pretty good. So it, it's Sweet. stopped raining. So, and once I get out of my car, it's gonna smell great outside here. Ah, love the smell mm. of a nice, fresh New Mexico rain. I can smell it from here. <laughs> you can smell it from from North Carolina. From North Carolina to North Mexico. Oh, God. (laughs) Anyway, I want to hear from you guys. Tell me what you think of this here episode on Side A and Side B. Um, You can comment on our podcast episode page at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on what are your biggest challenges as a person living out a Side B theology perspective. Um, Yeah, what's, what's hard for you? And then... Comment your stories if, if you have side A friends or if you wanna if you don't know how to engage with with this other side. If you have stories to share, I'd love to hear your side A, side B stories. So you can comment on our podcast. Or remember, if typing isn't your thing, maybe you hate typing. Maybe you're not a written word person and you're a talker. You're a talker. I know Matthew's a talker. I'm a talker. Matthew's a talker. Um you can call the Yab phone number, 706-389. 8009. Leave us a comment about this episode. Ask us a question. Tell us a story. And your message could very well be played on our bonus podcast, The Yabalog, coming out in a couple weeks. So please feel free to call anytime. That's what I love about these phone numbers. It's just like it's out there. You can call anytime. You can call right now as you're listening and hear my voice happening at the same time. Isn't technology crazy? You can call and say whatever you want, and Tom has to listen to, I have like, to listen at to least it. five seconds of it. Right. <laughs> right. Maybe if you start reciting like the Declaration of Independence, maybe I'll turn it off after a few seconds. But 
but share me something interesting and there's a good chance that it could appear on the Avalog. So um, I'd love to hear more of you guys. Uh, take us up on that. Give us a call. I'll and, definitely call. Yeah, Matthew, if you want to hear more of Matthew on the, the Yobcast, you can say that. You can call the number and say, wait, we need more more Navajo. Hashtag more Navajo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That. Yeah. Or if you want to hear me uh, bully Tom more, you can definitely uh, uh, hear that they, too. So they don't want to know. They don't want that. They're on my side, Matthew. No, 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 they're not. They're on my side. So you love it. You, you love anyway, me bullying you. I know. I There's always room for another Patreon tier. There is. That's true. <laughs> we can add to the tiers. Um, and lastly, thank you, Cassette Tapes, for sponsoring this episode. Because, yeah, if you don't want... It's too easy nowadays to listen to music. Why would you listen to something on Spotify or Apple Music when you get this, like, tangible feel, like a clunky, boxy thing that might unspool at any moment? Handcrafted, Handcrafted with care. Yeah, I just picture a little old lady spinning the tape, Mm -hmm. the ribbon, inside of the thing, inside the canister, Mm -hmm. and you get to click it in, the, the, like, affirming click. Yeah, and then you hear the old lady's cover of the Spice Girls. There you go. Yeah. And you flip it over for more. Let me guess, you two are the old ladies. Sure. I don't know where you got that idea. (laughs) In this scenario, sure, why not? Uh, So thank you for Cassette Tapes um, for sponsoring this episode. We love our sponsors. Super grateful. Thank you guys for being here. Thanks for listening. We'll be back in a couple weeks for the Yabalog, and we'll be back in another month for another exciting edition of the Yabcast. We look forward to being back. So for all your other brothers, this is Tom. This is Ryan. This is Matt. Reminding you that you are not alone. Even the sparrow finds a home. See you next time, everybody. Bye. Laters. Thanks for listening to Your Other Brothers Podcast. Navigate more with us at yourotherbrothers.com and comment on this episode at yourotherbrothers.com slash podcast. Subscribe to our show to never miss an episode. And if you enjoy what we do, consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Your Other Bros. If you'd like to further support our storytelling effort, consider becoming a Yabber. Yabbers pledge monthly and receive perks like calls with authors and other supporters, access to a secret Facebook group, and additional podcast content. Visit patreon.com slash yourotherbros for more information. Don't miss our monthly bonus podcast on Patreon, The Yabalog featuring responses to previous podcasts, content not featured in public episodes, calls from listeners, and more. Ask us a question or tell us a story by leaving us a message at 706-389-8009. If you're new to the show, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at yourotherbrothers.com. You can also write us at Your Other Brothers, P.O. Box 843, Asheville, North Carolina, 28802. Until we journey next time, we're glad you're with us.